Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm I'm good. Um, You're good. Good. Yeah, I'm I'm good. Good. I'm I'm sitting here with the blinds down, which feels a bit weird. Um, oh, to keep the heat. Yeah. Yeah. It's not working a hundred percent, but I know I keep because we got Venetian blinds, and I keep like tipping the slats in different directions, mm. thinking that I'll hit this sweet spot where yeah. suddenly it becomes miraculously like a freezer in here. Yeah. But it hasn't actually happened no, yet. No, no. But that's a minor thing. That's a minor thing. We can cope with that. Yeah, we can cope. And and how have you been this week? Um, I've been fine. It was a relatively quiet week at work, so that was nice. Yeah, that's no, good. No, no major um, developments or events I can talk to you about. What about you? Well... It's been fine. My my students are handing in their dissertations next week. Oh wow! So I've been talking to them quite a bit. Will and that be digital? So Will they what? Sorry. Will it be digital the way they hand it in? No, but they can do it all online. We have an online hand in mm. platform anyway, so I think it's actually better because I don't know about you. I have vivid memories of when I handed in my MA dissertation of kind of clutching it all the way in on the tube as though someone was going to mug me for my dissertation. Oh my, which I think it was quite an l- unlikely thing. My my memories are probably even more vivid and I shouldn't shouldn't tell you but I will. I actually <laughs> had a cab driver sitting in the kitchen while I was still printing. Oh <gasps> Beatrice Bay. <laughs> so <laughs> so he just about delivered me to the quarter on time. And then it turned out I could have had another day. Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, hmm. Still, you had a day to recover instead of another day. Of yeah, stress. I think I had needed a month to recover. My, yeah, that was. I think it is. It's such a weird thing. I mean, I remember like being up all night printing out my PhD, like literally all night mm. because it was 2006 I handed it in. So, it was in the days when you had to print out, you couldn't send a file, and it kind of juddering and having like the whole kitchen table just covered with paper, and then taking it to the printers and everything to get it bound. Mm. And the other thing was that on the day that it was due to be handed in, or like I had to go to the printers to collect it and then go to UCL to hand it in, that day we had a gas leak and like all these kind of things just suddenly went wrong in the flat so it ended up Adrian had to take it in for me I can't quite remember why so I was just like on pins until he phoned me saying it is now at I think it's actually Senate House it is now at Senate House so I think uploading it Hopefully, but usually, you know, that day the internet won't, you know, there's there's sometimes other issues you can have, but hopefully that won't happen. That's true. Hopefully that won't happen. Let's hope technology smiles on my lovely students and all the lovely students handing it. Exactly. So that it's all smooth and good. Yes. Oh my goodness. But listen, we watched a film that was fun. Mm-hmm. We watched um, David Copperfield. Well, actually, it's called something else. It's called The Personal History or something of David Copperfield. The Personal History of David Copperfield. Yes. And we enjoyed it, Beatrice. Oh, 
Yes. So why? Well, as you know, I'm not an an enormous fan. Dickens, yeah. Yeah, like I quite I like Dickens, but I find him irritating in parts. And the same with the film that I enjoyed the film, but there were irritating parts. But I think it really expressed expressed Dickensness ah. because it really got the spirit of Dickens, and I liked. It's very kind of fantastical because it, David Copperfield, it's like him relating his story and it's very much from his perspective and it's it's got, you know, like it's very much his memory so it's fragmented and bits get rewritten and there's lots of pieces of paper floating around and at some points his memories are projected while the scene is happening. So oh. it's like the two things together, it's, I which I really enjoyed. It's a bit like... Like, it reminded me of, like, Monty Python and Terry Gilliam films, you know, where mm. not the comic element so much, but just the way that, like, he falls in love with this girl who's got very tight ringlets, yeah. and he starts seeing everything with these ringlets on. <laughs> um, like, the St. Paul's Dome has the ringlets on and stuff. So, yeah, it's fun. And it's got some love and and also i think something which i think is really super fantastic is they did color inclusive casting so david copperfield is played by dev patel who's brilliant in it and it's like the people are cast in relation to them being able to convey the characters Mm. rather than that a family is from the same ethnic group for example which was just brilliant worked amazingly i think it it highlighted the lack of representation in historic films because obviously there were people of color then as well but it also kind of highlighted how silly it is to think you can only cast white people Mm. and it made it seem silly do you know what i mean it kind of i don't know it was very good yeah it sounds like that really sounds like it's totally the way forward. Oh, I agree. And I mean, mm. they've been doing it in theatre for years and years. Mm. And I think it, you know, it does so make sense that you cast the actor who's best to play that role rather than... And and also, white people have dominated for quite long yes. enough. And yeah. there's really no need to pretend that needs to go on. Mm. And I think it was just... It was just very beautifully done. And I think also, I mean, history films, heritage films, whatever you want to call them, are about the time in which they're made more than they're about the history of, you know, the Victorian. And so it directly connects to the audience now and to how we live now. And I think that is a really important point, Mm. that it's speaking directly to people and it's you know, enabling everyone to go and see people who look like that. Mm. Yeah, it was one of, much better. One of my colleagues saw it and she sent an email to some of us at work and, and she said, how can we transplant this, if that's the right word, to the museum? Yeah. That's funny because I was thinking the same thing when I was watching it, how, how can you make that manifest in other mm. contexts, mm. that approach? And we never got to discuss it, and I didn't instantly come up with the right idea. But I guess you know there is in you get a lot of interactives and films that are specially made for museums. 
I mean, can you? I know mannequins are always really yeah. difficult, aren't they? Because lifelike mannequins immediately become uncanny and distracting and spooky. Yeah, but mannequins is something we talked about a lot, and a lot of people do at the moment. Often more in um, relation to you know representing different shapes. I think that's I that's see. that's how it comes up more. And yeah. But also, yeah, it also comes up. I mean, we have this exhibition at Docklands, which is about Creos community. Mm. And um, we're displaying a dress. And then we work with the woman whose dress it was to uh, establish in what color fabric the mannequin was going to be covered. So we did that in conjunction um, with the person, so um, what she wanted but then sometimes, yeah, you don't... I think I told you before, a weird thing that happened was with a pleasure garden at the Museum of London where mm. we decided to have dark grey mannequins. Mm. And that was primarily because we don't, didn't want... We didn't really think this through. We, but we didn't want white, we didn't want black, and we didn't, we didn't want any colour that would attract... You know, you were meant to look at the clothes, not at the mannequin. Yeah. And um, so we ended up with dark grey, and we had, we had someone complaining about that and saying you distorting history I mean admittedly that was like 10 years ago or more you putting all these black people in the pleasure garden Um, yeah it was it was it was very I mean afterwards I thought I I should have seen this happen and in but I you know it hadn't occurred to me and but it also means you know we we I think it's it was the right decision and everything what we did but we really didn't think about or what it could mean. We didn't think but, about it properly. No, no, but I mean also that you would read a grey mannequin yeah. as a black body yeah. is saying more about the person who complained than about anything else. Mm. And also I think it's fine if some people complain because the people who are complaining, hopefully it's struck a chord with them and even if their instant knee-jerk reaction was negative, maybe it will make them think a bit more about their views. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I obviously then had to reply and I explained our reasoning, but also there there were other things in the email that were wrong. Also, I mean, maybe there were some black people out there. <laughs> exactly, there were. The exactly, I mean, that was the other thing. That was the other thing. Everyone. Yeah. And so there would have been people. Yeah, exactly, there. exactly. That was the other thing they got they got wrong. So check your prejudice, yeah. check your privilege, check your history. Obviously, with working on the new museum, we're thinking a lot about all that. We didn't. We haven't always got it right. Absolutely not. Mm. So. Well, I think mannequins are difficult in so many ways. As I say, partly because they can so quickly become eerie, and because. Their primary purpose is to display the clothes in a... I know that sounds mad because, of course, that's the primary purpose. But it's also to situate the clothes. Hello? Yeah, I'm still there. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I used to... I used to primarily like ones that you wouldn't see. Mm. I didn't really like when we were working on the galleries of modern London, the majority of clothes are on what we call invisible mannequins. Mm. But for the pleasure garden, that didn't work. We wanted them to be like, you know, look like people. So we had to make a make a decision there. I don't, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how many clothes will be in the new museum anyway, but I don't yet know what we're going to do. But I'm really pleased at the moment, the second iteration of the pleasure garden, there are different body shapes 
And that's, that's great. That's really good. With the first one, that wasn't so much the case. And again, that wasn't, you know, you have to actively work on that and we didn't uh-huh. so we ended up with a with a lot of the same same shapes which gives a sort of wrong impression of what people were like in the 18th century yes or not that, early 19th. No, that's very good mm. to have different body shapes mm. and I think yeah as you say I think it's also well I guess going going back to the film as well I think what it also did is it underlined that people of color have always existed in mm. London and that their stories need to be told from their perspectives as well as colour-inclusive casting. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That it, it needs to go to the next step as well and to not just keep doing Dickens and Austen. Yeah, films, that's true. But to yeah, that's tell true. other people's stories mm. and to highlight, you know, all of these rich histories which historians are more and more working on. Obviously, there is still an enormous gap to be bridged but those stories are rich and entertaining and fascinating and important and should be there as well and it's really important to have films about protest and struggle but it's also important to have films about day-to-day life Mm, you know know, and about people who were you know great in their field or just had very interesting lives or Mm. whatever Mm. Um, and I, I should also say that I enjoyed like the costumes are good because they're kind of very Victorian and there's lots of menswear so there's some nice check trousers and dotty trousers and things and some good scarf and necktie action and yeah I and waistcoats and things I saw a trailer the bit I saw someone had a really it really caught my eye I think they had a, a red velvet um facing to their lapel yeah and and it was sort of slightly worn so i guess i was i was just thinking you know this is how i see them at the museum like when i get to see them they are slightly worn so to me that's what they look like but they probably didn't always look like that but anyway it looked the detail looked really good from what i could see there was a lot of detail and it also looked Looked right, but and... I think that's part of the film, and also, obviously, they've had to really pull back on the number of characters and subplots and everything because Dickens' books are just packed. Mm. But it's so, as I said, it so conveys Dickens' world and kind of mindset in the way that yes, it's quite jumbled and chaotic in places, but then life is, and Dickens' books are, and. Yes, there's minute details in the costume, and I like it because there's quite a lot of working dress. So they go to he goes to Yarmouth to this houseboat. So you see the fish, fish women like gutting the fish by the dock, and mm. you see men in their you know um, sailor sweaters and things. So there's nice detail that way. But there's also detail like Tilda Swinton plays his aunt, who's very eccentric. And she's often in this nice sort of burnished, orangey, goldy, amber colour. And at one point she's sort of gardening. And I must tell Alison about it, who works, who's done the book on smock frocks, because there's a lovely, you know, gardening dress, in inverted commas, that's got smocking on the oh, sleeves. Mm. And then she's got an apron on. So it's very much, it's like a sort of, an upper middle class idyllic version of the working man's smock mm. which is very good and yes there's 
there's not that much red in it, but it's very specific characters have red, and it's to do with their character mm. and their kind of emotional oh, that's level. interesting. There's quite a lot of sort of blues and, yeah, golds and yellows, which are nice. And there's lots of, yes, there's definitely good clothes that have been, look like they've been worn rather than just newly box made. fresh and put mm. on for the film so i think you would enjoy that there's also some some good because it starts obviously it starts off with the character david little and the little boy who plays him seems to have a very big wig on which <laughs> i enjoy and i saw much. a bit of sort of cgi of the houses of parliament being erected yes. yeah i was wondering what london looks looks like that was the only glimpse i think i got Well, you really get a sense of London because, yes, it shows the kind of iconic buildings like the Houses of Parliament, but also just the street scenes and kind of clutter. I mean, it's very, it's not a dark film at all. It's very sort of upbeat and optimistic and funny. And I think we kind of need that at the moment. Mm. And I think it, yeah, it, I think it sort of shows you also from, from David's perspective according to his age. So, for example, when they go... Sorry, this isn't London, but when they go to Yarmouth, he thinks that the houseboat, which is like a boat that's been turned upside down on the beach... Oh, okay. He thinks it's like the most magical, wonderful place. So you see it through his eyes mm. as this magic... And then he goes back when he's older and keeps hitting his head on <laughs> the ceiling and it's not really quite as nice as he thought it was. And, you know, there's... Because there's sort of points where his um, fortunes are down and his aunt's fortunes are down at one point there's a whole bunch of different people living in this tiny horrible flat and although it you're clear that they have no money this is poverty it's a very kind of nice poverty if mm. I can put it like that that's the wrong phrase yeah. but it's you know it's it's kind of let's all band together and we'll get through it not grinding terrible poverty that's being shown so I think the film embraces the fact that films are films and not historical, ac historically accurate documents. Yeah. And so it's it's very much, it completely conveys a sense of Victorianness and Dickens and London and and um, it's in Norfolk, I think. Yeah, Yarmouth is in Norfolk. So, so there's like countryside scenes as well. But it's not trying to, it's not pretending it's this, authentic documentation it's like the spirit of it and the characters mm. which i i which i like yeah what about recent, sorry what about uriah heep oh he's very he's very good and very creepy and has a bowl haircut which i think uriah heep would have a bowl haircut <laughs> that's interesting i don't know it just made complete sense mm. to me And he is very creepy and wears quite dark clothes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. And there's also, there's nice colour combinations and colour, kind of colour control. Yeah, it, uh, it came out in the, the trailer, film. even. Yeah, yeah, but it's not, like, I recently watched the recent version of Emma, which I don't think was great, where it's just so overdone that it's too much. It's like you you're watching the colour instead of what's going on. Mm. So I thought it was very, very, very enjoyable. And yes, raises lots of important questions about histories and representations. Mm. On a, on a, um, got another question, what was the hair like? You were talking about the ringlets. 
Oh, well, there are some, yeah, there's some people who have, the, the one with the ringlets, because he falls in love with Dora, who's very inappropriate, and mm-hmm. she is like a little dolly, and she has, you know, flouncy-layered crinolines and, and pale colours and ribbons, and, yes, she's got, like, short, very blonde ringlets and, you know, hair parted in the middle. So, and, and also the actress who plays her also plays his mother. So it's underlining that he's trying to find a oh, mother substitute. That's or, interesting. Or, you know, mm. Which is funny. But she she also, I hope you'll appreciate that I haven't got to the point where I do this with Coda. She's got this white fluffy dog who's like the dog version of her. And she holds it and she like puts her head behind its head and speaks, pretending oh. the dog is speaking. Oh, I can't believe that. And you have you have my permission that if I ever do that with Coda, you need to take me in hand. Okay. Okay, Thanks. you just yeah. shut that down right, okay. right away. Okay, I'll remember that. Yeah. But, yeah, she is a very funny character. And it's also funny because he's... You're very aware that he is right. He's a writer throughout and he is writing his story and he is imitating people around him, which apparently Dickens did as well, and writing on scraps of paper words and phrases that he likes that people have said and there's a scene where he's he's you're kind of in a scene then you see him writing it and then Dora appears behind him and says I just don't fit in this you shouldn't you should write me out I don't fit in this and she just fades away oh and mm. it's like I think in the book she actually dies but in this it's just like she didn't fit in the story so yeah. she evaporated is there another David Copperfield. Is there an earlier one? There's one. I feel W. C. Fields was in oh, one. Oh really? Maybe in the thirty. Well, that would have to be in the thirty. Yeah. Wouldn't it to be him. Wow. I don't know. Mm. I haven't seen another version. There's definitely at least one. Mm. And maybe there's a TV series version. Oh I yeah, maybe. Mm. I guess Dickens is difficult because there are just so many characters. Well, like yeah, you say. it's like they. I don't know. They always do Oliver, but yes. Because you know I've been having a Dickens binge recently, and I like I love Dickens. For, I think I've said to you before I love the detail and mm. the, the histories, but some of the characters I do find incredibly irritating, and the cutesy comedy names as well mm. I find a bit irritating. But they're so rich, and yes, it is an enormous task to try and dilute them down enough without losing them. And I think this is a really good way to do it in that it's about the characters and the storytelling rather than trying to re- remain true to every aspect, which would just be impossible. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it sounds really good. Yeah, I think you'd enjoy it. And it's a good, as I say, it's very optimistic. So it's a good one to watch at the moment. Okay. Well, I shall yes. do that then. Okay. Well, you do that. And, yeah. And we'll speak soon. Yeah. Talk to Marvelous. you Marvellous. Bye-bye then. Bye. Bye.